Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy second anniversary, Church of the Lakes. Kind of crazy uh, to think about all that God has taken us through. But before I get into that, I thought it was so cool. You know, sometimes I I'm bad about this. I don't know if any of you guys are like this. Like, I'm going 100 million miles an hour, and sometimes I don't notice the little things that God does, like, or the little moments. And so I was paying attention when Amber prayed. thought it was so cool. There's two things that she prayed that I thought were so very, very cool. One is she had no idea what I'm about to say now, uh, but she prayed about other countries that can't do freely the things that we do, right? Did you hear her pray that? And what's so amazing is, is that we just happen to have a pastor from Cuba in the house with us today. Where's Pastor Jeffries? Where's Pastor Jeffries? Back there, right there. Welcome, Pastor. And I know his, his English is, is not so uh, fantastic. It's, he's working on it, but Adelia can translate. So welcome, and we send blessings to you. Uh, can't even imagine the calling that it takes uh, to be a pastor in Cuba. Um, and do what you do. So we honor you and, and give you blessings and, and uh, so grateful for the, the work that you do for the Lord. So thank you, thank you. And then the other prayer, the other part of the prayer was relationships. And the reality that we have said from the very beginning of Church of the Lakes, no matter what we do, it's all about relationships. And I'm going to talk more about that. It's just so cool the way that God led Amber to pray in that moment uh, for us this morning. But let me go back, and there's some of you who are, are fairly new to Church of the Lakes, and, and I, I don't have time to tell all the stories. Honestly, there are so many stories uh, of what God has done that it, it would take me hours, literally. Uh, but let me give you a short synopsis. Is that cool if I go back just for a second and tell you what happened? So um, November of 2016, Jen and I drove to Little Rock, Arkansas, and sat in three days, four days of training with the Association of Related Churches. And we were amped, right? We, we, were, we were, I had already spent time kind of arguing with God over whether I should launch a church or not. I remember the first time that it was a pastor who said to me, I think you should launch a church. There's plenty of people in this area that need to hear the gospel. And I think you should launch a church. And I, my very godly, spirit-led response was, you need to stop smoking dope. I'm not starting a church. And, um, and, and, and then it was my wife who said, start a church. And, and then I started talking to people. And I'll never forget the day that, that Don and I flew over and had lunch on the coast. And that was a defining moment. And there's just other moments that are just amazing that we went through. So we decided to launch this church. And we had learned all this stuff at ARC. We had learned like all these things we're supposed to do. And one of the things we're supposed to do is have an interest meeting. Right, so we prepped this book. Some of you guys remember it's a really nice book. It was it was great the way that came out. And we had our first interest meeting, and we had it out at Monarch, which is at um, Highlands, Royal Highlands, right? 
in, in theirs because Wally and, and Marty lived out there. And so they got us the, the room. But if you remember, if you were part of that interest meeting, there were tornado warnings. Like literally while I was like saying, this is what God wants to do. Like everybody's phone went off at the same time. And it was like, you know, bend over and kiss your butt goodbye. Like that's what it said on the phone, right? Kind of a deal. I mean, there were literally tornadoes going. And so I can remember just being like, God, did I not hear you? Like, are we not supposed to launch this church? And then we had interest meeting after interest meeting. And, and it was cool because we started, you guys, most of you know, I was a youth and children's pastor. Youth are always going to have a huge part of my heart and a focus on why we do what we do. And so we went ahead and started a youth group in our living room. And half the youth group was my own children, right? Um, initially, as, as we had about six initially, and then like a few weeks later, the Butner kids came, and we had a couple kids from the neighborhood. You know, we were like really bolstering our numbers with the two kids from the neighborhood. But, um, and then I, I looked back, and, I, and I, this didn't hit me till actually two days ago. So that first year, we decided we had not even launched the church. The church was to be launched in August. And we decided we're still going to take kids to summer camp. So we hadn't even launched the church yet, but we're going to summer camp with a group of kids. And between Central Kid and the older camp, Camp Anderson, we took 10 kids that summer to summer camp, which is pretty cool. But then I looked back at the numbers. In 2018, or 2018, we took um, 32 kids to camp. And then what I need you to hear, church, is just a few weeks ago in 2019, between the two, we took 54 kids to summer camp this summer. Right? And so, man, when you just, when you stop and you review that and you think about, like, God, you're so cool, like, because I am not that smart. I mean, you've been here a while, you know by now, I'm not that smart. And, and yet God is God, right? And, and I didn't need an amen there, but thanks anyway. Um, I heard you, Brent Tyler. All right. No, but listen, listen, the, the reality when you state, and, and Maybe this is, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't put this in note. Maybe this is my spirit right now. Maybe this is a message for somebody here today. Maybe you're where you are right now emotionally, mentally, whatever, because you haven't stopped to review. Like you're, you're, you're so stuck in the mire. Come on, anybody else got some junk going on, right? I mean, if you're awake and breathing, you probably got some junk going on. And yet, that's what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. We've been talking about Sabbath, this idea of resting and getting away. And a big part of that, I think, is just to review, right? I mean, I know I'm not the man maybe that I should be, but praise God I'm not the man I used to be. Come on, somebody. Right? What is that? And that's about reviewing. That's about looking back and going, wow, I see God's faithfulness. And I see, I had a chance to talk with, with one of the kids at, at summer camp, one of the teenagers, and I said, I know there's a God. And she looked at me and said, Pastor May, how do you know there's a God? And I said, because I've proved him so many times over and over again. Because when I look back and when I review and think about the things that he's done, I did my finances the way that I thought the Bible said and the way that other godly men had taught me to do. And I saw him multiply and bless what I had. Right? Even when it was small. I've seen try to put godly principles into my marriage. And then I've seen my wife flourish. Right? And her countenance change. Uh, because oftentimes somebody told me a long time ago, and it's harsh, but you can tell the quality of a man by the countenance of his wife. And, I, and I've always had that in my head and that, and that reality. And so, man, just to stop and think about. So, so we started doing church visits. Um, I can remember the first time that 
I, uh, we went to the ARC training and, and they said, so what are you thinking? Like, what are you thinking? And this was November again. And I said, well, April, April, we're going to, we're going to launch the church in April. And the guy said, no, you're not. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I, I mean, and, and come, hear the arrogance in this. Like, I laugh at myself as I say this. This is so arrogant. I'm just telling you. Right? I looked at him and said, no, 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 you don't understand. Our situation's different. Like, we've already got people and we got funds in the bank. And, you know, I know some of these kids are going off to a place they don't know and they got to take time just to build a handful of people. on. But you don't understand. Like, we've already got like 35 people and, Blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, I don't care. He said, Mike, you want to build a lean-to or you want to build a high-rise? And I was like, well, okay, you got me intrigued. Talk to me. And he said, well, this is what happens. People will start a church and meet in a living room, right, and sing Kumbaya. And then you're going to go through all kinds of struggles to overcome barriers. But the way we do it here at ARC is we say, you know what? Take the time to build the systems and build it all so that the day they walk in on day one, you got people standing there who are trained and have a children's ministry logo on and a curriculum ready to go and a place that's safe for their kids. And you've got work and you've got these pieces together. And so I was like, are you serious? So when are you talking? Like, okay, April, June? No, 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 no. Next August. <laughs> Apparently everybody in my life was doing dope at that time. August? What do you mean? Like, that's 10 months away. Are you serious right now? Like, 10 months away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, listen to me. Lean to her high rise. Keep that in your head. Lean to her high rise. And I just got to tell you, he looked at me at that moment. He said, I promise you, you're going to get in the last month and wish you had more time. And I can remember at the time going, shut up, bro. Whatever. And we got into the last month and I was like, oh my God, we need like three more months. Right? And he was right. And so now all of a sudden we get to the first of the year and there's like 47 people involved in our launch team. Nowhere to go on Sunday morning. It's February. And they're kind of looking at me like, what do we do on Sundays and what are we supposed to do with our kids? Right? And so I asked my art coach, what, what, what do we do? And, and he said, uh, I want you to go and visit other art churches because they're going to use same systems, same ideas. So we spent three months, 12 different churches, and we went to a different church every week. And it was amazing because it was like, hey, kids, go into the kids' ministry. Find out what they like. Grab all their paperwork. And we came home. Twelve weeks later, we had 12 bulletins. We had 12 offering envelopes. We had 12 conversations that our children's people had had with their children's people. And it was, it was brilliant. As a matter of fact, I remember the very last one. Several people were like, do we have to launch the church now? This is kind of fun. <laughs> you know, like... It, like, by the, I can remember there's a bunch of people that are like, this sounds dumb, I don't want to do this. And by the end, they were going, can we please keep going? And it was, it was amazing, like, what we saw, what we learned. We, we, we saw things that we went, oh, that's good, and we could do that. And, 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 and God helped to kind of grow us in that. So then we launched in the Tropic Theater, August 13th of 2017. And, um, and I remember the day that, that God actually... I don't think it was it was audible, but it sure was loud in my spirit, if that makes any sense, that God said to me, go down to the Tropic Theater. And I was like, Tropic, that old nasty theater? I don't want to go down there. Like, all I know of the Tropic Theater is like naked women at Bike Fest, right? But God said, no, you're not the Tropic Theater. They didn't have a for rent sign. Long story short, we ended up at the Tropic Theater, and it was an amazing start for our church. It, it was an amazing place for us to build youth, and, 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 and relationships and all that's been built. 
And then the, the, the moment came um, where uh, we, we had Bike Fest number two. Anybody remember Bike Fest number one? So Bike Fest number one was interesting, right? Because we couldn't have church in the theater. And so uh, we decided that we would join with the Christian Motorcycle Association and go outside and do a service outside. And it was a really cool idea and a really funky, weird kind of service, just being quite honest. Like several people were kind of like, this is cool. We sort of did the relationship thing, but I feel like I need a soul detox or something after church. Like, like it, no disrespect to them. Come on, y'all. It's just a different culture, and they're called to reach that culture in different ways. So we knew year two, I can't do that again. We've got too big, like we need to meet. And so we booked Lake Sumter Community College, their auditorium, and we booked this auditorium for Bike Fest. And, uh, man, God started stirring my heart. Started stirring my heart. Then I looked at the calendar, and Easter was the week right before Bike Fest. So that time came, and, and I, um, came, we called, and we set it up, and we came here and started meet with the administration. You guys know, like, there's a new administration, so I don't know these guys for nothing. Like, I don't know anything about them. I, I, we're just kind of walking in like... Hey, how you doing? You know, and not really knowing what kind of response we're going to get. And so we really made the decision to do what I think Church of the Lakes has done from the very beginning very, very well. We've got things that we definitely need to fix, but one of the things we've done very, very well is we've served ourselves in. You understand what I mean by that? When you serve, it opens up doors. Let me give you an idea. So when I say serve, let me give you a number. This is how much money you, Church of the Lakes, you have given locally, regionally, and globally in missions since the launch of this church. You ready for the number? $359,343. $359,343 that you have given to serve your way in. And so I went in and I sat down with, with Principal Randolph, and I don't know him, you know, so we're kind of doing the niceties thing. And I said, hey, we're here to serve. How can we serve you? What do you have left? Uh, what, what's not in your budget that you need to finish for this year, right? What, what is that? And uh, he said, well, we do this teacher cart thing where we go around. And there's gum and mints and all this kind of stuff on the cart. And it's just our way of, like, showing appreciation. And he said it costs about 300 bucks uh, to do that cart every time we have to fill it up. We have to do it maybe every month and a half or so, I think is what he said. And I said, cool, we'll do that. What else do you got? And he kind of looked at me and went, oh, Okay. And he gave me another project, and that was about $2,000. And I said, what else you got? And he went, oh, okay. Yeah, like, like, and I think we did that like four or five times. Um, and, he, and I think every time he was just kind of going, wow, this is kind of crazy. Now, here's the backstory. Here's what you don't know, and I didn't know at the moment. Principal Randolph comes from a school in Jacksonville that an art church launched in, and they had a phenomenal relationship. So listen to me. Years before we ever launched Church of the Lakes... Hear me, God was orchestrating something in Principal Randolph's experience and in his life that would lead to the relationship that we have today. You see, you see? And man, when you listen, when we don't stop and review, when we don't stop and think through all the pieces, and listen to me, I don't know where you are today, but God's piecing it all together. God's talking to someone right now that you don't even know yet that's going to play a significant role in your life in the coming year. Like God is putting things together and, and moving things in such a way that if we will get our head, and this is why we come to church, this is why we do Sabbath, because we got to get our head out of the muck. 
We got to get our head out of the minutia and all the stuff that's like this and that, stress and family and kids, job, and we're just here to pick our head up and review and remember what it is that God's doing and go, God, I'm part of your big story. We've changed the curriculum just recently in children's church and youth for this very reason. We are going chronologically through the Bible. We started with creation, started just last week, and, and we're walking all the way through in this school year where they hear the whole big story of God. Why? Because you and I need to recognize that we have a pen in our hand. You know what that means? You got a pen in your hand. You are helping write the next part of God's story. Like God has this big, amazing story when you read his word, and it is awesome. It is amazing. And then he looks at you, yes, you, and says, here's the pen. Let's work together to write the next part of the story. Right? And that's, and that's kind of what we're, we're doing here. So, so we're so really grateful. And actually, I'm, I'm grateful to have Mike here. And, and I asked Mike to come on, if you would, for just a second. And, um, and, and, and this relationship that's been built here um, at Leesburg is so amazing and so very, very cool. And uh, so would you, church, would you welcome Principal Mike Randolph this morning? How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Good to see you, man. Crazy first week of school, right? <laughs> Here's this. So first week, and I so appreciate him giving up his time. So I just asked him to share a little bit about the relationship and all. And so glad you brought your daughter with you. Yes, yes this is Riley. Riley uh, immediately wanted to run up as well. <laughs> so, and I have my beautiful wife and my other daughter in the back as well. So our relationship with Church of the Lakes has been fantastic. And again, I didn't even realize the relationship from the past in Jacksonville as well. I met Mike two Valentine's Day ago, right. actually. My wife and I were out to dinner in downtown Leesburg, and we started walking towards our car, and all of a sudden we hear students start yelling out Mr. Randolph. And we looked back, and I didn't know Mike. I barely knew the students. It was still my first year. But they were out giving out messages of love on Valentine's Day. And I thought that was just so cool. And that was the way that Mike and I kind of met each other. When Mike presented the idea of Church of the Lakes coming to Leesburg, it was absolutely. And it wasn't just the service that they did, which is fantastic. Something that I heard a few weeks ago was that you look at people and you look at service for time, treasure, and talent. And that's something that Church of the Lakes has invested in Leesburg High School in the short amount of time that we've been here. You know, time and treasure-wise, just look in the auditorium. You know, this is brand new carpet, new projection system. We are very fortunate at Leesburg High School to have that treasure given to us as well and to have the time that was given to put in to this project. But the talent has been phenomenal. Just the relationship that we've been able to build because not only are we doing things, you know, piece by piece for the school, but we're doing things for our students as well. We had the opportunity, and Mike led us to an opportunity to meet a gentleman named Rondo. And next year, I'm excited that we will be the first school in Lake County to open what's called The Rock here at Leesburg High School. 
And I'm so happy to say that Church of the Lakes, along with other churches, will be heavily influential in our day-to-day -day operations here at Leesburg High School. Because it's that important for our students to know that someone cares and that someone's going to hold them up as well. That's right. For us, our theme this year is family. And it's very important that we talk about what family means to us. Forget about me, I love you. And I thank the Church of the Lakes for being part of our family. <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Hey, let, would you agree with me in prayer? Let me pray over Principal Randolph real quick here. Father God, I thank you for this man that you sent. Uh, it's obvious you prepared this relationship long ago. And so we honor him today. I pray for wisdom. Lord, I pray for patience. <laughs> God, I pray for strength. Um, integrity, the understanding of how to deal with every teacher, every staff member, and every student. And so, God, go before this man and, and clear the path. Go before him, God. And those that just want to play good old boy club or we've never done it that way before, God, would you open new eyes, new opportunities? We want to see something fresh going on here in Leesburg at Leesburg High School. And I ask you to use this man, guide him, guard him, and protect him as he moves through this year and in the years to come. So grateful for him we pray a blessing in jesus name amen all right brother appreciate you so much man so it's pretty amazing you know when you when you just again when you review when, when you stop and you kind of take the time to go back through so so where are we going where are we going from here like what what what's kind of the next thing and and any of you that know that know me know that can be a problem for me and what I mean by that is because I will go 150 miles an hour way out here and everybody else is going, whoa, 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 time out, time out, big boy. Uh, we don't know how to make the coffee right now. Like, get, let's get these details, right? And so God has been really honing me. God has been pushing me a bit to say, let's isolate for this time period in this season right now. Let's don't get too crazy. And, and, and what I mean by that is we're a big church and there's a lot for us to do well in what we're already doing. Amen? And so he, here's, here's two projects. There's two things that are on our agenda right now that we're doing that are kind of new outside of us building this, uh, the, the, the body of Christ that he, that he has put here. Number one is the rock program. So excited about the rock and what's going on over here. Uh, for those of you who don't understand what that is, it's just a place where a student can come and get deodorant, feminine products. If they don't have a shirt for, you know, the prom. And all, listen, we've we've partnered with eight different churches. Now stop and think that through for a second, because Leesburg is really bad about territorial church stuff, right? We don't we don't we don't work together in denominations and all that kind of stuff. Eight different churches. First Baptist is going to play a big role as far as being the place where you take things to, so that the office doesn't turn into a dump zone here for you know thrift type of stuff. And, and then other churches. And what we're going to do is we're going to man, we're going to ask a church each day. So maybe Church of the Lakes, and I'm making this up. Maybe Church of the Lakes is Thursday. And maybe First Baptist is Wednesday. And maybe the Father's House is Monday. But that church will be responsible to man the rock. So like 8 to 1 during the day, we'll have people sitting in here waiting for any student between classes. Or if there's a teacher, and listen to me, you got to hear, I heard a whole new vision this week that I didn't totally understand. I wish I could beam you all into the meeting we had. Rondo from out at Mojo Grill, he fed the entire Leesburg High School staff, first of all, which was awesome, right? Nothing like getting into people's heart with some grub, right? Fill their belly, fill their heart, right? So... 
So they came, of course, because there was free food. But here's what they heard from Rondo. I, 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 I didn't know his story, but he grew up in the Big Scrub. Anybody know where the Big Scrub is? Up outside of Umatilla, if you don't know where the Big Scrub is, good. That's probably a good thing. Um, no, but it's kind of a rough area, kind of this place where the best you know you're going to do in your life is to probably have a minimum wage job. And the, the highest goal is to get to Friday night and get as drunk and high as you possibly can. And, uh, and, and Rondo said, if you're in middle school, the goal was to try to party with the high schoolers. If you're in high school, it was try to party with the adults. And that's kind of the, the place where he grew up. And one of the things that I didn't even think about that he said that I thought, wow, this is vision. Is we've got girls that are failing out of classes because they're missing class. And we are upset with the parents because we're like, why don't you get this kid to school? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? What we don't realize is because they don't have any money, she doesn't have any feminine products. So if you track her attendance, it's around the same time during the month that she misses a few days because she's worried she's going to have an accident. Boy, that gives you a different picture, doesn't it? Right? And so it's kids that come, they're coming out of rut, and we've got rut, we've got stuff around us where we know nobody needs to like talk about the issues and struggles that we have. But the result of what it's having on our kids, there is no hope for them to pass or to go to the next class. So if we can give a kid deodorant so he's not embarrassed about stinking, if we can give a, a girl female product so that she can come and not miss class, if we can give somebody a new shirt because they got holes or they got tape. And so we got to say to the teachers, hey teachers, we got your back. And it was awesome to see their eyes light up and their heads nod. Because when they're in class and they're desperate because they see that kid with taped up shoes, and, and, and the reality is they go, I can't, I can't do anymore. I paid this for this kid and I bought this kid's school. Because they're already spending way too much of their own money doing things that they shouldn't do. And now the rock is going to be a place where they go, you know what? Here's a pass. Go down to the rock. They'll see if they can help you out. Get you some shoes or get you some deodorant or get this type of... It's going to be a safe haven. It's, it's, it's going to be a place where we actually have an opportunity, listen to me, to change test scores, attendance rates. All the, like these are very practical, real, while having the opportunity that if a child asks, that we can pray for them. That while we have the opportunity for a child to come there and tell us about their issue, we can tie to the new mental health expert that is now on campus seven days a week, right? That, that we actually are dealing with and getting involved with some actual, and so that's the rock. So let me encourage you to think about maybe being involved with the rock. Some of you, especially retirees and especially your retired teachers or administrators, those type, those are the best because you understand. But think about, would you want to give some time to come? And be somebody who comes and sits in the rock and is there to be a, a part for these kids. And so we're so excited. So you'll be hearing more about that. The other project that we're working on right now, and then I promise I've got some teaching and I won't keep you too long today, but um, is the teen center. It's Thrive Teen Center. We've, we've got our checking account set up and, and, a, and a, a large sum of money has been given to start the center. And so here's how I'm going to ask you to pray. And I'm going to talk more about 21 days of prayer that we're starting today. And I'm going to ask you to pray because we're still looking for a building. We still haven't found the right exact fit. We are in conversation with a particular building right now. And we'll see uh, whether God opens up some doors there. There's some struggles and conflicts with that or issues. Uh, but I just see the enemy fighting that. But Marvin Burkholder, who is one of our elders here at the church, but he's also on the board for Thrive because Thrive is a separate 501c3. 
Marvin and I are flying out next week to California. Uh, we're doing a three-day fly out, one day there, fly back. But we are going to see the teen centers out in San Diego that we are modeling everything after. And so I want you to understand like what we're doing and what we see is right now a big focus. Obviously, God has got us really honed in and focusing on the next generation. Right? And, and, and the reality of us trying to do that scenario. And um, I had lunch with with the stalls who are in the back um, th- this week. And, and uh, they asked me the, uh, a really loaded question, by the way. And that was, well, how do you see villagers? Or how do people talk about villagers? And I was like, uh, well. And we, la- you know, we, we talked about all the, uh, like the crazy STDE stuff. You know, I mean, all the rumor stuff and people, all this sort of stuff. But here's what I said to him and here's what hit them and here's what I believe. Seniors and villagers, we need you. The way I see the villages is, it is an enormous resource that's just sitting there untapped. We got bright, amazing CEOs and business, and I'm not talking about dollars. Yes, there are dollars there and that stuff's great, but I'm talking about wisdom, right? I'm talking about what it means for us to get very real and get our hands dirty, right? Because we can throw money at stuff all day long, listen, but it's different when you get your hands dirty. It's different when we get into that place. And so this past week, they called me, dispatcher called me from Leesburg PD, Chaplain Matheny, uh, can you go with Officer uh, Brownsberger for a death notification? So I went with Brownsberger, 25-year-old, fairly new officer, and we went to tell a mom that her daughter had OD'd. So I spent probably two or three hours, and it was awkward. I'm not going to lie to you. It was weird. Like, I don't know these people very well. Like, you don't know what to say, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. But all I know is as I sat there in the living room, I was like, this is what it means for us to get our hands dirty. Right? That we're not a church that just comes together and plays church, but we're a church that that gets involved. That we're a church that gets a little dirt under our fingernails sometimes. And you know what? It's hard. (laughs) Right? It's a lot easier to throw money at stuff. It's a lot easier to throw programs at things than it is for us to get involved. And so I just, I, I want you to hear that from my heart, that that's who we, that's who we are. So I've been asked this question several times. I'm, I'm honored that people would notice what's going on here and then call me and say, Pastor Mike, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And how do you do this? And, and I've been very honored to have that. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, I have one answer for him every time. And that is, I'm a dumb redneck from Mississippi. But I have the Spirit of God. And when I listen to him, he does crazy stuff. And when I don't, I got to clean up the mess. It's just that really that simple. And so I want to teach you something this morning. And, and, and maybe undergird our vision a little bit. and Remind us what it means to go into the next year as Church of the Lakes. Because I want to talk to you just for a second about the word spirit. I think that word is maybe a word that is somewhat misunderstood and, and probably for good reason. The word spirit itself, as if you look at it in the Old Testament, right, which is written, was originally written in Hebrew, the word is ruach. If you look at it in the New Testament, it's Greek, right? It's Hebrew and Greek are the two different languages of the original. And in the Greek, it's pneuma. So it's either ruach or pneuma. And it means this. If you look in a commentary, just about any commentary out there, it doesn't matter the background, denomination, blah, blah, blah. It says something similar to this. A current of air 
a blast of breath or a strong breeze. A breath of fresh air is the way I hear that. It's hot outside, y'all. Would you agree? And y'all work outside? Yeah, we praying for y'all. Y'all about to die. (laughs) Right? But listen, there's nothing like working outside and it's hot. And then you step in and feel the cool. You know that feeling? You know, yeah. Like it's just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? Or in that nice glass of water. Listen to me. That's spirit. It's a breath of fresh air. It's just that. Right? And the reason we have hard hard time with this is because you can't define it. You have to experience it. See, spirit, his Holy Spirit, is not something that we are to intellectualize. Like there's only a certain amount that we can intellectualize. And then I can't tell you anymore, you just got to experience it for yourself. You just have to find yourself in the presence of God. I look back to camp a few weeks ago, and one of the nights at camp, there was like three or four of our kids that worship had happened, preaching for like 45 minutes, altar call for like an hour and four, he think the dude went on and on. But anyway, it was, finally, and everybody goes away, and all the other kids are having s'mores, and this guy is worshiping, leading worship, and he won't stop until all the kids walk away. And there was like four or five of our kids, I got the picture, I'll be happy to show it to you. That I took a picture from the back. Four or five of our kids standing right in the middle. No one else there. It's like an empty picture of the Sibdi Auditorium. Tears. And they worship for like an hour. And there's nothing like that breath of fresh air. There's nothing like finding yourself in the presence of God. And our definition is so limited. Because it's not breath. It's actually... an experience it's it's something for us to 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 experience and understand check out this verse second corinthians 3 and 17 now the lord is the and let me change that breath of fresh air the lord is the breath of fresh air anybody here need a breath of fresh air anybody here need a little bit of right a little cold water, a little air conditioning after a heart, right? The Lord is the breath of fresh air. And where the breath of fresh air is, there is freedom. There is freedom from all this stuff. Here's what it means. No longer do I have to do things, I get to do things. When you experience the breath of fresh air that is the Holy Spirit... It's, I, I, I want to participate. And, and, and here's what I want to say to some of you that are here today. You struggle with the walk. And maybe you struggle with the walk because you have always approached God intellectually. Right? And you can only do that for so long. You can only get to a certain place intellectually with God. And then it's just duty. Yeah, for you Beavis and Budhead fans, I said duty. All right? It's just, it's just what you do. It's just a, it's a have to, right? I have to go to church on Sunday morning. So we hit the alarm. Uh, I'm on setup team this morning. Listen, what's missing? 
breath of fresh air. What's missing is that time where we are in his presence. And our goal here as a church, and hear this, is to create a culture of the breath of fresh air. That's really the goal. In all the systems and all the things that we do, the goal is to find ourselves at a place where we find ourselves in the breath of fresh air and there's freedom. I love it when people come out of a worship service and they go, oh, man, I just, I just felt something. I don't know what that was. I go, that was God. That was, that was the breath of fresh air. You can't, you can't intellectualize that. You can't break that down and pr- prove that in a beaker or make it scientific. See, God is not just a God to be known. He's a God to be experienced. And some of you, I challenge you to consider your denominational background, your backgrounds that have kept you sort of like this away from experience. Because that, you know, that's, that's that Pentecostal freaky stuff. And all I can say to you is, listen to me, yes, there are some people who are doing it Pentecostal freaky stuff, right? There are, right? You know why? Because they're trying to do it, and they're sinful, and so they mess up, and they do it a little messed up, and just need a little bit of correction, right? That's, you can err on either side, and my challenge to you is this. I challenge you to err on the side of experiencing who God is, because you can only go through life so much with an intellectual understanding of a God who's not just intellectual, he is personal and real. Verse goes on and says, and we all who with unveiled faces, now unless you know your Old Testament, you don't understand that, but there was a veil between the presence of God and people, and when Jesus died on the cross, the veil tore, right? So in other words, there's no longer a barrier between us and God, is what that says, so let me reread it. And we all who have no barrier against God, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We are being transformed. Listen to me very carefully. You cannot be transformed intellectually. You can't. You can only go to a certain place of understanding, and we need understanding. And I'm not preaching against the word at all, or us being very practical and careful in the things we do, and our doctrine and everything else. But what I'm saying is, we're not just supposed to be intellectual. It is a God that he wants to have an experience with us. He wants us to feel this breath of fresh air. Lord knows... A couple times lately, I have needed a breath of fresh air. Anybody else? And I've turned on a worship song. I turned on a worship song this morning. My my girls are gone, so I'm I'm batching it right now, right? So I'm home alone, so everything's a mess. It's only been like 17 hours since they've been gone. But anyway, but I turned on the song Place of Freedom this morning. It's a place of freedom. And it changed my whole outlook. It changed the whole moment. And there's some of you that have had that opportunity that, that you can think about a problem and think about a problem and think about a problem. And the reality is you can't intellectualize your way out of it. But boy, you can put yourself in the presence of God or the opportunity to experience who he is and everything just works out or changes in your mind, right? 
Like all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. All of a sudden, and, and so I want to challenge you because we're going into 21 days of prayer and fasting. You can go into this intellectually. I'm going to have 15 minutes of, pr- of Bible study, and then I'm going to do, and, and all that stuff is great. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying anything against that. But here's what I want to push you to do. If we're going to be the church that God has called us to be, if this place is going to have the culture of a breath of fresh air, right? In other words, we want people to walk in and just go, wow, I love this place. That's a culture. That doesn't just happen. That's us, each of us individually as a church, experiencing God for ourselves and having time to to, to understand who he is so that when we come here, we're excited. Like we're excited, like, man, I, got, I tell you what God said to me this week, or, here's what, or I understand why I'm here. So in other words, listen, the whole goal of the church isn't for you. The, the goal of our church is, is not, it's, it's not for us. The goal of church is not for you to attend a bunch. That's not the goal of church. It's to create a culture where we experience a breath, breath, breath of fresh air, right? The Spirit of God moving on people's hearts, bringing transformation inside of each one of us that we might grow and be more who He's called us to be. Let me say it to you this way, and maybe this will help you. Culture trumps vision every day. Culture, as a matter of fact, eats vision for lunch. And here's what I mean by that. You can have a vision for your home. You can have a vision for your business. You can have a vision for your community, your neighborhood, whatever it is. You can have a vision of where you want to go. But the culture within your home, the culture within your workplace, the culture within your your, your church will trump that vision every time. You understand? In other words, if we are excited about what God is doing, we say positive words and we create a certain culture. But when we speak death, then we kill the culture. Of course it's hard to follow a vision and come listen to me. And I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody because I fight this myself. But when you're on setup team in the morning, you're like, oh, I got to get up early, go to the school. What kind of culture did you just start? Within yourself? With it, Right? Culture trumps everything. So I want to give you, this is how I'm going to close today. I want to give you five guiding principles for vision. Five guiding principles for vision that are for us as a church, but I think you can also switch some of these around and think about them for your home, work, or other places. Number one, we know that God's power is infinitely greater than our effort. We know that God's power is greater than our effort. Better than any sermon I could preach, better than any kids ministry, better than the coolest graphics, better than the coolest website, better than anything whatsoever. God's power is infinitely greater. James 4 and 8 says this, come near to God and he will come near to you. Let me say it to you this way. You don't need a great church. You need a great God. We don't need to be a great church. We need to be a church that experiences a great God. We we don't need to be 
Christians because we have behavior modifications. Well, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to... No, 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 no. We need to experience the power, the breath of fresh air that is the Spirit of God because then you'll want to do, not have to do. Right? Then, then, it, then it's the reality of me saying, God, what do you want me to do today, man? I want to see you move today. I don't want all this old silly worldly stuff that I'm chasing all the time, this craziness. God, what are you doing today? God, what are you doing today? And we're like that kid just nagging their parents at Walmart for the, in the candy aisle. Right? I want some Starburst. I want some Starburst. I want some Starburst. But what happens is we get so caught off and, and, and what we're focusing on, that we think our effort is what's going to make the difference. When God's power is infinitely greater. So here's the question that I'm going to ask you to ask yourself. What do I need to do to get closer to God? What do I need to do to get closer to God? And I'm going to give you a tool today. Right? I don't want to just ask you a question and not give you an opportunity. So we made these books for you. These say 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm going to challenge each and every one of you. They're in the back. You can grab one as you go out. Right? And I'm going to challenge each and every one of you for the next 21 days to participate with us. I'm going to do something crazy. I'm still trying to work out my schedule and make all this work. But every morning, somewhere around 6 a.m., We're going to have a video posted on social media, and I'm going to do a quick, like, five, seven-minute morning little devotional and prayer and lead us off in prayer. And there's a a place on here, I think it's page five, there's a place on here where it actually guides you for our prayer focus for every day. What to pray for, who to pray for, I list for you all the mayors of our cities, our senators, Uh, if you don't know who our president is, get out from under a rock, but... um. But I I list everything here for you, for you to be able to participate with us. And then I'm going to ask you to do something some of you've never done before, or you've done and you hated it. I can remember (laughs) when when my pastor used to say, hey, we're going to do the Daniel fast. And my reaction, because I'm so godly, was just like, oh, I hate the Daniel fast. And I liked vision. Here, listen, I liked vision. Because I want you to understand what it means to fast. If it's food, great. If it's social media, that would be even better for some of us. If it's your phone, put the phone down. Limit screen time. Maybe it's screen time. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's whatever. The point is, listen, the reason that you fast is because we're so tied to the things of this world that we don't have time to hear what it is that God is saying to us. So for a time period, we put some things of the world away so that we can open up our ears to hear what it is that God is saying to me. I put away this certain type of food. I put away social media. I put away something for a time period that I can come over here and get a breath of fresh air. Right? That's, that's the whole idea of fasting. So we don't have a set fast that we're going to do. You can do multiple different things. And actually in the book, there are some suggestions. Right? We've got some things in there to suggest to help you understand what that looks like. But I want to challenge you because we're starting a new year. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. We're starting a new year. As the school year starts, it's just like a brand new year. We're all coming off the summertime lull. Everybody's coming off vacations. Right? Sunburnt, kind of lazy a little bit. Like we've gotten into the whole summertime mode. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to kick it into gear. 
Because as we get into September, that is one of the best, listen to me, the best evangelism months of the year is September. Right? Number two is Easter. Number one is September. And so for the next 21 days, we're going to pray for this school, Leesburg High School, that we have wrapped our arms around and we love and we are passionate about what's going on here and what God's going to do through that principal who is such a great man and, and becoming a great friend. And, and, and we're going to take time to pray for our city and our police officers. And, and, and then we're going to pray for vision for us. And then we're going to fast and we're going to look for that breath of fresh air. And I'm expecting to hear from you what it is that God is saying. I feel like God's saying this. And I feel like God's leading me towards this type of ministry or this way to serve people. Or this is a new way for me to understand. I'm expecting. I'm not hoping for. I'm expecting the miraculous. I'm expecting breakthrough in many of your lives. If you'll participate with us for the next 21 days. Amen? Amen. So we've given you this tool. How do you, what do you need to do to get closer to God? Number two, I better get going. We never stop searching for the lost because God never stops searching for us. We never stop searching for the lost because God never stops searching for us. One of the main reasons we exist is not for us. Did you hear me? This church is not here for you. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, I need the church to be here. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, 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 this is, this is about vision. This church is here, yeah, and you're going to grow and you're going to be a part, but the reason that it's here is because we're going to turn around and reach the next person who's the lost. Because the reality is the scripture says, and if, he would leave the 99 to go after the one. And if you don't like this vision, if you don't like this principle statement, Church of Lace is going to drive you crazy. <laughs> it is. Because we're not building a building right now. Like everybody wants to build a building. And why do we build a building? So we're comfortable. Well, instead, we're giving $359,000 away to the community. So what does that mean? That means we have to come here and set up every Sunday. Right? Why? Because this church is not about us. This is about the lost. And we're going to grow. And we're not going to apologize for numbers. People are like, well, Pastor Mike, your church is already getting so big. It's going to be a big, going to be one of those big old, somebody sent to me the other day, you're going to need an arena. I'm like, rock and roll. And I think they thought that I would be like, no, but listen to me, listen. That, we have to. We, 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 we have to. Why? Here's why. Because heaven and hell are real, y'all. I mean, they are real places. And everybody is either going to one or the other. And the people you're working next to and your neighbors, do they know where they're going? Do you know where they're going? <laughs> one time, Jen lost a Yana. You ever lost a child? You ever had that panic moment? Jen lost a Yana in Coles. And for a little while, she was freaking out. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, just freaking out. It's a couple interesting things that when you think about that moment. In that moment, she didn't give a flip about her other children. You tracking with me? Like there was no moment where she stopped and went, you know what? 30, let's see, 66%, a third. That's, oh, we're pretty good. We'll stay here. 
She never had that. And I can imagine if Christina had walked up and been like, hey, mom, what are we having for dinner? And she'd have been like, a, a backhand. Get out of my face. Listen, listen. So she walked up to somebody and asked for some help. And the person's demeanor was kind of like, um, did you look in the last place you saw him? She's never told me what she said. I think because she knows I would have to like lay hands on her and rebuke the demon or what. But no, but you know what's aggravating in that moment? Listen, listen so closely here. What's aggravating in that moment is inactivity. Are you tracking with me? I wonder if God gets aggravated because of our inactivity towards the lost. When, when he is like as desperate as Jen was for Ayana in that moment. And she, I mean, she had cleared buildings. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she had just, she had plowed over anything within her way to make that happen. And I think that's the heart of a father. That he's just, man, I'm looking at the lost in your city and I'm looking at your neighbors and I'm looking at those people in your workplace. And he's like, man, I'm trying to get to them. And I wonder if we're sitting there going... Why don't you look for him in the last place you talked to him? This has to be who we're called to be. They called Jen over the loudspeaker. <laughs> uh, Miss Matheny, your daughter is up here. The, you know, and, and, I, and I just have this picture of her like throwing clothes out of the way and running up. And they embraced. And Yana was crying. Mom's crying. That's the goal. That's the, that's the goal. That's why we're doing all this. It's for that moment of reconciliation between someone and their Heavenly Father. So that has to be what stands in front of us. That's what making set up worth it. That's what making, you know, having to tear down, we'll be tearing down stuff here to get out of the way for the school. And to, is We have to keep this principle in our mind, Matthew 10 and 32. Whoever acknowledges me before others, catch this. In other words, we have to make sure that our lives are expressing who God is. And, and, and God says this, and this is harsh. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others... In other words, whoever doesn't express who I am, listen, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Somebody said to me a couple weeks ago, I just think belief and religion, I just think it's kind of private. And I just, I, I kept thinking about that more and more. Do you know that that is completely opposite of what the Bible says? Do you realize that? What does it say? It says, you are to be a light on a hill. Shining bright for all to see. Like that, that's what it says about who we're supposed to be. So let me ask you this question this way. Have I made my relationship with God public? Now for each one of you, that'll be a different thing. For some of you, it's you actually raising your hand or coming and praying with somebody at the altar in just a little bit and saying, today's the day that I go public, that I no longer think about who this God might be, but that I choose just by faith to walk forward and say, I want to experience... A breath of fresh air in my life. In a relationship. For some of you, it's to get baptized. You've been arguing with yourself forever. You're like me. You got baptized as a baby. I was, I was sprinkled, right? 
as a baby, and I realized years later that I needed to be baptized in the way the Scripture says. I believe the Scripture very clearly says that we're baptized after we make that decision. Some of you need to go public. we got baptisms coming up next month. How convenient. Right? How do you need to go public? Number three, and i got to get moving. We believe that life transformation takes place in authentic, honest relationships. Life transformation takes place in authentic, honest relationships. I'm going to say something really crazy considering the fact that you're sitting where you're sitting right now and I'm standing where I'm standing right now. This is not the end all be all. This is not the point of the church. As a matter of fact, Sunday morning is just the catalyst. Sunday morning is the push forward. And so we say it this way around here, circles are better than rows. There is only so much life transformation that's going to happen in, in this type of dynamic, right? You're, you're going to hear something, you're going to have the opportunity to respond, but the reality is now you've got to do life. And to do life, we need each other. We need relationships. And so we need to be a part of a small group. We don't do small groups because it's a church model. We don't do small groups just because. We do small groups because you need them. I know the pushback that happens. Right? <laughs> Some of you have this picture in your head. There's, there's these guys and they're meeting in a small group. After a few weeks, there's a little bit of trust that's been built. And one of the guys goes, hey, uh, I need to share something. Um, i got a pornography problem. I'm, I'm really struggling with it. I, I need you guys to keep me accountable and pray for me. The other guys are like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll pray for you. And one of the other guys goes, um, I'm, I'm on the verge of having an affair. I've been flirting with the secretary, and i got to be honest, I like it. Like, I enjoy the attention. Wife and I are struggling a little bit, and I need the accountability and all this. The third guy goes, man, i got a gossip problem. I cannot wait to get out of here. That's funny, I don't care who you are. But listen, for some of us, that's what we think small group. And listen, I'm not saying that small groups are perfect and people are not perfect. People can be a pain in the butt. Can I get an amen? And so here's what I'm saying to you. You need a small group, but I'm giving you permission that the first small group that you show up to or call, maybe it ain't the small group for you. That's okay. Maybe you know on the phone. Like you get on the phone, you go, ah, never mind. Right? I, I got but listen... You have to have people in your life. You have to have the accountability. Ron Cook is, is one of our overseers. And Ron Cook and I started counseling together. And I really want to punch him right now. Because he met with me like three times, and then he left up for sabbatical in three months. And I'm like, I need to talk right now because I've got stuff going on. Right? How many of us have stuff bottled up inside of us because we don't have that place or that healthy place for us to go? And, and that's, that's small groups. Hebrews 10 and 25, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do. We get in the habit of isolating ourselves. If I just come here and show up on Sunday morning, I sort of have done my duty. I sort of have checked it off with God. I had a little bit of a worship time and maybe I experienced a little bit of the Spirit. Um, and then I'm good, and I'm going to go on and do my life. And transformation never happens. 
And so what you have is you have people who've been going to church for 20 years and they're still a one-year-old Christian. Because transformation happens when we get involved with each other's lives. People are a pain in the butt. Especially that person in the mirror. Get over it. You need accountability. You need to be in relationship. So here's my question that I would ask you. Will I let someone know the real me? Will I let somebody know the real me? There's a public you and then there's a real you. And we need to get healthy so that we can fulfill what God has called us to do. I got a few scrapes and bruises on me. And every once in a while I tell y'all some silly story about me driving. Seems like they always go back to the left lane and me driving. And I always make the comment, right? And I say, confession's good for the soul, bad for the reputation. And isn't that true that we're so worried about our reputation? And we're so worried about getting hurt. Will you get hurt? Yes, you will get hurt sometimes. Because people are people. It doesn't mean that you can walk away from that completely and still move forward in your walk. We have to be involved with people. Philippians 3 and 13. I'm sorry, let me jump on to number 4. i got to move because I'm way over. Y'all are not going to beat the Baptist to Oakwood. Number 4. We continually take next steps spiritually and help others to do the same. We continually take next steps spiritually and help others doing the same. We're taking next steps and helping others to take next steps. But we are battering, we're battling this clutter of stuff in our life, right? Stuff of this world, stuff in this world that has no significance in eternity. Like we're cranking on some work project in some out-of-balanced type of scenario. Because it's so important right now and it so matters and it won't matter a hill of beans in eternity. In the meantime, our marriage is falling apart. In the meantime, we hadn't really sat down and been eyeball to eyeball with our kids lately. Right? And and so we're all cluttered. So let me ask you to take a next step. Philippians 3 and 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. This is Paul, y'all. He wrote like, you know, a good chunk of the Bible. And this this is his thing. I don't consider myself, I ain't got it going on. Right? I haven't taken hold of it. Listen, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. Somebody say, forgetting what is behind. Look at your neighbor and say, forgetting what is behind. I strain forward towards what it is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me heaven in Christ Jesus. So here's my question. What is my next step? What is my next step? Is it life steps? Next month in September, it's been a while since I've taught life steps. And I'm really excited because I'm teaching Life Steps next month. I'm going to walk out of here and go over and do Life Steps. And here's what I'm asking you to do. You've been here a while and you hadn't finished Life Steps. I'm asking you to finish it in September. I'm asking you to come join me for class. Let's get you through Life Steps and get you on the journey and the process with us. And part of that. And stop like, you know, maybe in this. No, 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 no. It's time to take a next step. Maybe your next step is getting in a small group because some of you have been hurt. 
or you feel like a you know, challenge or this and that, and, and you're just going to have to do it. Maybe your next step is pastoral care. I'm not a counselor, but I'll be more than happy to sit down with you and hear what's going on with you and try to help you to come up with some kind of an idea of things we can do next. Or maybe it's counseling and we can get you hooked up. But what is it that you can do to not just keep doing the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old? Come on, anybody? Anybody tired of running around the mountain? Anybody tired of just going through the same bull crap with my family? The same silliness inside of me and in my heart. This is why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's deal with some stuff. Let's get really real and find that breath of fresh air, that experience with God that just a peace that passes all our standing and that makes a difference. Let's get it to where we stop doing the church thing. All right, open up your Bibles here. Oh, yeah, that's prodigal son. Open up your Bible. Oh, yeah, that's Lazarus. Come out of the grave. Doesn't stink anymore, whatever. Listen to me. That we would have a, a, a passion to say, no, I, I need a next step. I need something. I, I, I need God. Like, I'm looking. I, I, the, the, as the deer panteth for the water. Right? I left Yeti out all day yesterday. In the heat. Have y'all seen my dog? That boy got some, oh, some hair on him. You know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and I came back and let him off last night. And, and I, he ran up the back porch, into the back, right to the bowl. And I thought about this. And, and, and it was God, God said to me as I'm sitting there watching my dog, Are you that thirsty for me? Are you that desirous to hear something new, to experience a breath of fresh air? Because whatever you're going through right now, God's got an answer for it. Number five, we are spiritual contributors, not consumers. We are spiritual contributors, not consumers. So I'm going to talk to you about a dream team. We call our volunteers the dream team. Why do we do that? Two reasons. One is, is because we want you to get on board with the dream that God has given us here. If this is the place, if this is not, you need to go get on a dream team in another church and serve them with all your heart. But if this is the place, then you need to get on the dream team and you got to go through life steps to do that. And you need to do that in September and get it done and let's get you moving forward. But here's the other purpose. This church was never, ever, and should never look like Mike Matheny. My job is to equip the saints, the saints, the saints, the saints to do the work of the ministry. There's ministry inside of you to be done. And my job is to help make that happen, right? It's why we are so involved with homeless ministry. I don't like dealing with homeless ministry. Mike, my, I, I'm, the, I'm the rude guy. I'll just say it. Go ahead, judge me. I don't care. But I'd like for you to stand on stage sometime and tell all your stuff. But anyway... I, 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 when I see somebody with a sign, my first thought is go get a job. But we've had people that have come that God has brought to this church and said, I'm all about the homeless ministry. I'm all about doing this. And my job is to equip you to do the work. Listen to me. Stop following Mike. Find that breath of fresh air to speak to you and to your heart what it is called that you're supposed to do. And let's develop your ministry. Let me help you develop and get on track with us to do what it is because you were meant to change the world. 
And about 75% of you in here don't believe that statement. Because of insecurity, because of failure, because of words that have been spoken over to you. And I need you to hear a verse like you have never heard it in your life. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are God's masterpiece. You, you are God's masterpiece. He has created you anew in Christ Jesus. I know all that stuff. I know all, I know all this. I know all the baggage. I know all the stuff that happened. But he has created you anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So that you can do good things he planned for you a long time ago. Whoo, come on now. I'm preaching about 73% of your responding right now. Listen to me. You were meant to change the world, people. You were meant to absolutely change the world. So here's my last question for you. How can I use my gifts and passions to make a difference? How can I use my gifts and passions to make a difference? So let me put this challenge out to you as we head into 21 days of prayer. We head into year three of Church of the Lakes, right? How about you make the decision to make this the best year of your journey so far? Because if you'll make that decision and I'll make that decision, we'll make the best year of our journey so far as corporately. Right? So what is it? What is it that the Holy Spirit has said to you today? As we develop a culture corporately, I also want you to think about where it is and what it is that God's saying to you. What is the challenge? Go back through these questions. I challenge you to go back through these questions tonight, tomorrow morning, this week, sometime in your time of prayer or reviewing. And really answer the question for yourself. And then don't just answer the question. Do whatever you need to do next. Call me. Let's sit down. People say to me all the time, Pastor Mike, you're so busy. I don't want to bother you. Please stop saying that. That's my job. Call me. I'll figure out how to make some time to sit down and have a conversation with you. Or I'll find an elder that can. Or someone else. So we've been fighting this idea of counseling for a long time. Go to a counselor. (laughs) You are with a pastor who's a nut job. By default, that makes you a nut job. You need some counseling. You need a small group. Come on, guys. Engage. Are Are you hearing the challenge to engage? Engage God. Because when you do, you can push all the intellectual stuff aside. You will experience breath of fresh air. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father God, I so desire your breath of fresh air in my life. I so desire for everyone here today to experience you in a new and different way. Thank you for challenging me today. We're challenging us today. Now give me the diligence, God, not to just hear words today, but to push through and do what it is that I need to do next. What's, what's my next step? Is there anybody that knows the real me? God, help us to develop healthy small groups that we can love on each other and challenge each other and grow through trials, the struggles of this life. Father, for those that don't know you today, would you draw their heart to you? Give them the courage to get
give their life to you for the very first time if they need to do that. Thank you, Father, for this moment of your spirit and breath of fresh air. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.